Hello again, and thank you for listening to the verse of the day. I hope you're having a great Tuesday morning or afternoon, or it might not even be Tuesday when you listen to this, but whenever you are listening, I hope that you experience God's love and grace and goodness in your life today. Now, as Christians, we have much to be thankful for. I talked about that yesterday, but as Spurs fans, (laughs) oh man, the Spurs, we lost last night, but that's okay. Even when the Spurs lose, Jesus is still on the throne. As you know, we have been going through the book of Galatians uh, during the weekdays. And uh, Galatians is an incredible book of the Bible. I love this book of the Bible. I would encourage you to take a little bit of time, uh, maybe this week, and just sit down and take 20 minutes and read through the book of Galatians and do it in one sitting. You could do it in 20 or 30 minutes. You could do it on your lunch break. It, It really doesn't take that long. And I believe it will bless you. It blesses me every time I sit down and and read through this book of the Bible and any book of the Bible. So I would encourage you to do that. Start with chapter one and end with chapter six, and I know it will bless you. Today, we are in chapter two. And what has happened is Paul has gone on a missionary journey. He's preached the gospel in Galatia. People have gotten saved. People have gotten delivered. People have met Jesus and been filled with God's spirit. And churches have been established. And after Paul leaves, false teachers come in and begin to teach another gospel, a perversion of the gospel and the grace of God. And they were teaching that the grace of God is not enough to save you. They were teaching that you had to do uh, some of your own works out of your own effort in your flesh uh, that to, to, to complete your salvation, which is, which is totally false, which is totally a lie, which uh, is, is just absolutely not the truth. And so Paul writes this great letter as a defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in chapter two, he talks about uh, that he went to Jerusalem to meet with the leaders there, Peter and James and John, and that he met with the Jerusalem leaders, the leaders of the church, uh, to lay his gospel before them, to make sure that the gospel he was preaching was the true gospel that he could get the affirmation of uh, the the leaders there. And so I want to read you what he writes in chapter 2, verses um, 1 and 2. Paul says, after 14 years, he's talking about 14 years after he got saved, he went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. And I went up because of a revelation, and I set before them the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles in order to make sure that I was not running or had not run in vain. What I really want you to see here today is this powerful, powerful principle that is always at work in Paul's life, and that is Paul was a team player. 
Paul, though he was strong and opinionated and forceful and at times passionate and at times would get right up in people's faces, he's always working with and traveling with a team. We never see Paul working or serving in God's kingdom alone. That's important. That's important. Because in God's kingdom, in the church, there are no one-man shows. It's not about one super apostle. It's not about one super gifted preacher or teacher or prophet. It's not about that. The church is about one man. That's Jesus. And the church's job is to take the message of Jesus and his good news and his gospel to the ends of the earth. It's our job to take the gospel to people who have never heard. And to get that done, we need each other. To get it done, we have to learn to work together. And Paul is doing this. We see Paul is traveling not alone. He never rolls into a town on his own. He's always traveling with a team. And so here he's traveling with Barnabas. And he also has one of his disciples, Titus, along with him. And then what he does is he goes and he submits his message that he's been preaching. He, He lays it before the apostles. And he asks them to affirm what he has been preaching so that he would have the blessing and the authority, the delegated authority of the the church, of the apostles. Paul does not operate outside of the church. Paul is operating as an agent of the church. That's really important that we understand this this, uh, concept of delegated authority and spiritual authority. Jesus said, to have authority, you must be under authority. And Paul knew that. Paul recognized that. And he, he went and he laid this down before them. And later they affirm him. They affirm that this is the gospel you have the true gospel. And so because Paul did that, because he made that step, he was able to go and assure the Galatians that the gospel that they heard wasn't Paul's idea. It wasn't just his own version of it, that it was the true gospel. It was the true good news. That was the message that he had preached and that the people who had come in after him, they were the false teachers. And that's just one reason why we need each other. We we need people who vouch for us and we need people who can encourage us. You know the name Barnabas, Barnabas is mentioned here. That name literally means the son of encouragement. And so Paul was always traveling with Barnabas, the son of encouragement. You know, when you're doing ministry, sometimes it, you need someone who can come alongside you and say, hey, man, you're, you're doing a good job. We all need each other. We all have different gifts. That's why the church is so important. 
because I'm good at things that you're not good at. And you're good at a lot of things that I'm not good at. And together we are the body of Christ. And all of us aren't the eyes or the nose or the ears or the hands, but we all need each other to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. And that is taking the good news of Jesus to the whole world. Thank you for listening today. I hope that, you know what? I want to I just tell you one more thought. Jesus prayed. His final prayer was that the church would be one. In John chapter 17, his prayer for us, for me and for you, was that we would be united in our thought, in our mission, in our purpose. And too often, too often, we let little things come in and bring division in God's church. And it should not be. We need to strive for unity. We need to work to be one. And so I want to encourage you, if you're harboring an offense against a believer, go and make things right. Don't harbor unforgiveness against another believer. You know, I really think it grieves the heart of God, God the Father, when his children cannot get along. I think it grieves God. I know as a parent, it grieves me. It breaks my heart when my children are at odds with each other, when they cannot get along. And I believe it grieves God's heart as well. And I do not want to be a source of grief to my Heavenly Father. And I know that you don't too. And so if you've been hurt, if you're harboring an offense, ask God to help you forgive and go and make things right. Humble yourself and make things right. Seek to restore relationship. I believe that that is what God wants us to do. And I believe that that is one of the keys to defeating the enemy in the world today is when the church unites together. Thank you for listening today. I hope that this has blessed you, encouraged you, maybe challenged you a little bit. I want you to know that I love you and that I'm praying for you. And I know that if you're walking with Jesus, your best days are ahead.